you kind of talked about really quickly of creating a new channel to figure out what people like to watch and yeah. that sort of thing. That's actually like pretty ninja. That's kind of something that maybe people think about that, but that was one when I heard it, I was like, okay, this could actually be really important because as I watch YouTube as one of my potential viewers, I'm going to see how my channel starts popping up in their feed. I'm going to start to see how my competitors pop up in their feed. That is huge. It's probably one of the easiest things that you can do with the highest value. If you actually take the time to curate that channel to what you think your viewer would have, all of a sudden you have this masterpiece of exactly what they would hypothetically want to watch. Welcome back to the Creator Files podcast. I'm your host, Julia, and we have Nathan today. And today we're talking about pivoting your YouTube channel. So we've been doing a lot with AI and we're going to do even more with testing AI on video content soon. We're going to wrap up that challenge with Josh Batsalas, but in the meantime, we are talking about a pivot we're making on one of our main channels and kind of our strategy for that and give you guys some pointers if you are wanting to pivot your YouTube channel because I've heard from a lot of people that they want to change their niche, but they don't know what direction to go. They don't know if they should delete their old channel, keep their old channel and just change the content, delete old content, things like that. We're going to go into all the details. We got some good stuff here. So first we're talking about Kimberlea. She gave a talk at VidSummit and she's worked very closely with Daryl Eves. She's been in his program. Mm -hmm. We learned some interesting stuff from her. So first of all, you have to prime your channel and... There's a lot that goes into that, but one thing that goes into that is usually deleting old videos. And it isn't easy because you put a lot of work into those videos. And so you probably feel like you don't want to, which I know we struggled with a lot. Do you want to update the audience on what happened with our recent channel? Yeah. So Channel Makers is the channel that we're working on pivoting. <clears throat> Many of you or some of you, or none of you may have <laughs> noticed that um, over the last little while on the Channel Makers channel, um, Julia and myself and a few other of us here have started presenting on that channel. Earlier last year, uh, we lost the main host of that channel. And so, so we started doing that, um, you know, the hosting on that channel. Well, we were not seeing the success on the new videos like we had hoped. Uh, our pivot was, you know, this whole pivot thing is a little bit different because we're not changing niches or anything like that, but there's a significant pivot that was needing to happen, we realized. And so the start of that really that, you know, the first prime that we decided to do was to remove all of the old videos uh, with the prior host in them. And it was incredibly painful. Um, I mean, we're talking 200 plus videos, um, a huge library of videos that many people found helpful. Um, and so it was a really difficult decision to make. And I don't think it was one that we made lightly. We talked about it quite a few times um, over the course of quite a, quite a long time to figure out if this was actually the right thing to do. Uh, but it, at the end of the day, you know, uh, Kimberlea's experience and then also some of Daryl uh, Daryl's advice, um, we realized that this was probably going to need to happen in order for our newer content or, you know, our new version of the mm. channel to start being successful. Yeah, it was really hard. It was, I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of work because it wasn't just a channel 
by that old host. It was pretty much all the same people putting in all these elements. And so we're thinking, you know, it's the same content. It's just a different host. Do we, you know, adjust our presentation a little bit? Do we really have to unlist these videos? And, you know, by the recommendation of Daryl and Kimberlea, not personally, but they say, rip the bandit off, do it. But yeah, we were still stuck. We're like, well, but it's the same niche. Right. But we realized that I don't think the algorithm was trading like that. And the interesting thing with pivots that I'm gathering from the research we've been doing lately and what we learned at VidSummit is, and Kimberly has said this many times, is that it's one of the few times with YouTube where you really want to think about the algorithm. And it's, yes, you don't want to forget about your audience. You still want to highly consider what you're giving your audience, what they want, how you're presenting it for the audience. But rather than, I think with typical channels when you're just starting out or when you've had a channel for a long time, it's not just this synonym of algorithm and audience is the same thing. Right. It's the one time where it's okay to optimize a little bit more for the algorithm than for the audience. Because yes, you're making content for your audience, but if the algorithm can't find that audience because it's confused because it thinks you have a different audience than you actually want because you're going like in Kimberly's case from something like, you know, she had a bunch of different things. She pivoted seven times. She pivoted from pop sockets. She did just a million videos on pop sockets. And then it looks like, I'm not totally clear because she deleted most of her old videos, but it looks like she went to like beauty content and lifestyle and just kind of making whatever she wanted to make. And then she eventually went to true crime. Well, yeah, you can... Try just try to make the best videos you can make mm-hmm. for people that love true crime. But if YouTube still thinks it's this other audience that wants to watch beauty and pop sockets and it can't find them, you're kind of out of luck. Definitely. So a lot of priming your channel has to do with that. And we even thought about leaving our videos up on like a, a playlist and just making them less prominent. But the problem with that is that YouTube can still push the old videos. Right. And we were finding that to be a big problem is that YouTube was pushing our old videos a lot more than the new ones. And those videos already had a ton of traction. We were seeing a slight downturn in the channel, um, noticeable downturn Mm -hmm. in the channel over the last year, even before that old host left. But it was much more, much more of a sudden drop after, even though to us, the content was the same. Right. It wasn't to the algorithm. And I think to the viewers too, it's like they're expecting this one face that they keep seeing, especially when that's what gets pushed over our newer videos. Right. And so we had to, we had to rip the bandaid and we're already seeing some positive changes. Yeah. It's been really exciting to see. So beginning of 2023, right? Mm -hmm. On Channel Makers, we start seeing a little bit of a decline we may we as a team essentially had made some decisions, you know, our, to change our publishing schedule a little bit, to change up a few things, and so we were noticing a decline on the channel. Um, that was pre-host leaving, um, and then in July-ish, uh, that's when the host left, and then after that, when we started taking over the channel, um, the baseline of our videos just significantly decreased. So before maybe our baseline on a video, so you know, pre-July, it was maybe 10, 15, 20 thousand views per video in the first little while post host leaving we were talking one to two thousand views per video baseline so it was pretty significant um and like you said i think one of the most frustrating things about that was that it was the same stuff like we were making the same types of videos we would have made i mean the same people were planning the videos the same people were editing the videos the one thing that was really different was that we were not using this previous host face to market the videos, which I think a lot of people had come accustomed to. Most of those people, many of them had just stopped watching. And like you said, with with the algorithm not really 
understanding what was going on, all of a sudden to the algorithm, it just looked like, oh, people just aren't interested in watching this channel anymore for some reason. And so the new videos just weren't being pushed out like they should have been. And I think we got to the point, um, I think maybe it was Ricky or maybe it was you who pointed it out. I guess I don't really know uh, that some of the old videos were starting to take off again, yeah. like like pre-host leaving. Out of the blue. Out yeah. of the blue. Like these videos that were two years old, you know, started to get, you know, five, 10, 20,000 views again. Whereas our new videos were getting 2,000 views. And so we were just like, man, what's going on? And I think that we kind of came to the realization that these new videos were not being treated the same as the old videos for some reason. Mm -hmm. I think we narrowed it down to the host being a big reason for that. And we knew that, but I don't think the algorithm knew that. And so, like you said, making the decision to take down those old videos was a very painful decision, but I think very necessary uh, because then the algorithm, all the algorithm would have to work with on the channel was the new content. And so I think that that's the key takeaway here for me anyway, is that that new content, the content that we've been creating since last July is finally going to start getting a chance. And like you said, we're starting to see some really early promising signs of that. And I think that that's really important, even though we didn't change niches, uh, we, you know, we didn't make a huge ginormous, you know, from pop sockets to true crime sort of pivot like our pivots a lot seems a lot more nuanced um, it was still really important to follow some of these same principles part of the equation is just that people are used to the old host mm -hmm. another thing is that just different people are going to get attached to different creators yeah there will be some of that old audience i would argue even some new people that would have liked the other host that will not like us yeah and vice versa and that's okay. We're okay with our audience changing a little bit. In fact, that could be helpful in some ways. A lot of the audience um, was a lot younger before. I know we had a lot of teenagers and stuff, which isn't really what we're going for. You right. know, if they want to grow their channel and stuff, that's great. But we've found that a lot of times teenagers aren't quite as serious about right. it. They're just kind of consuming content. Um, and so that's another factor is in a way it is like a new niche, even though the topic is the right. same. And we're going to make some changes on the channel. I'm pretty excited. I'm really excited about them. I know that's what you're supposed to say with all this. <laughs> and now it's a big change. You're like, we're so excited. That's that's the uh, canned response. Mm -hmm. I'm genuinely excited. Like every day I'm thinking about these changes. And I am so excited for how these videos are going to be. We want to do a lot. So we were talking about kind of like the mix of information versus connection. Mm -hmm. And we're like, well, we want we want it to be heavier on the connection than it used to be but also heavier on the information than it used to be. And we're trying to do both by, you know, providing more data, more facts and tests, because we really kind of were getting into a slump lately of just kind of going back to what we've known for a long time instead of mm -hmm. testing new things. And I really want to start testing new things again. You know, we've done a lot of surveys and stuff with our audience to get data and then analyze that data. And we are going to keep doing that, but we also want to run our own tests and do more like one-on-one -on -one tests with specific creators so that we can really see behind the scenes what's happening, not just like this huge spreadsheet of 500 submissions of random people mm -hmm. from our community. That's good too. We want to do both, but I think we'll get some different insights if we're really like there for the changes and knowing, okay, you know, what changes made a difference? Because when you're collecting data from other people, they might say, oh, well, since I changed my thumbnails, you know, I've been getting way more views. But we don't know what else they changed. We don't right. know if their channel's picking up anyways. We'll have more accurate information if we're really behind the scenes. And then we kind of want to up the connection. We want to show more behind the scenes. And I think we want to have a more 
just be even more genuine and transparent with the audience. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, you know, that's a tough, it's tough to say, I will, to make a plan to be more genuine. Right. You know, like that's kind of a funny thing to say, but I think it's true that, like, I feel like most of us here are pretty genuine. I think what the issue is, is it doesn't always come across on mm-hmm. camera. So I think it's more of a be more intentional about the connection because I think being genuine and friendly and, you know, I think the behind the scenes stuff could potentially fit in and we try and do like, you know, little things here and there, but I think it's just being a little bit more intentional to show those aspects, but without taking away from the information. I think right before we started recording, we, I think we decided the perfect split was like 90% information, 60% right connection. Like what is that? 150%. So like, yeah, that's really the idea. It's just like, we want it to be incredibly helpful. You know, we are pretty, excited about helping people find success on YouTube. Um, even when we're just here talking around the office and we see something exciting, oftentimes we'll have to share it with each other just because it's exciting to see people doing stuff that's working. And so I know for me, I I'm very excited about that and I want to continue to help people find that success. But I also think that the connection is super, super important. Um, there are a lot of reasons to be on YouTube, but I think one of the biggest reasons is to find people to connect with. Um, you know, a lot of people use YouTube for information or entertainment or whatever, but, um, I think that the connection is really valuable from maybe a business standpoint, but then also just like a connection standpoint, it's okay just to be connected to somebody without any other reason. But I think the connection brings value because that increases trust. Um, it increases, um, you know, just the value that the audience feels like you have. Um, and those yeah. are all things that should improve the biz- business side of the YouTube channel. And I think it supports them in the journey as well, because in the past, especially recently, we've been doing, it almost feels like a classroom on the videos. Mm-hmm. It's just very much like, right. here's the information we know, and here's what we're teaching you today. Right. And I mean, I'm thinking of one of my favorite channels, Film Booth, and Ed does them both. Like he gives you something very valuable in yeah. every video, but it's a ride. Like he takes you on such a journey, the way he presents it. And his is, his is really high production, maybe more, even more cinematic and story than we're going to go. Uh-huh. I expect, you know, who knows, but I really like the way he does it. And I like the way he shows often how he came to the conclusions he came to, and he'll kind of show it in a story format. And I think that in a way supports the creators better because right. then they feel like you understand them and and they not only feel understood but they can see that it's not always a super linear path just make videos and make them good and make them better and then you'll succeed they can see all the twists and turns and low points and changes and then when they run into those themselves they understand that it's normal right and i think it gives them more grit we did some street interviews yesterday Mm -hmm. and we talked to a woman who said that she said she hasn't watched YouTube in a while, but she used to watch it a lot. And we asked what it was about the creator she watched. And she said that they were kind of around her age and going through a lot of the same stuff she went through. So she feels like she's not alone. Right. Building a YouTube channel is very hard. And I want our audience to feel like kind of that we're right there with them, even yeah. though we've had yeah. success and we, we know the process pretty well. I want them to feel that connection. I really like that. I think, like you said, you know, working with other people who are actually 
going through it right now. I think also going through it ourselves. I know that you have a channel. I have a channel that we're like actively working on trying to improve semi-actively a lot of times. (laughs) Sometimes it gets pushed to the back because of all the other channels we're working on. But you know what? When I think of me working on my channel by myself with my own equipment in my spare bedroom, it's lonely, you know? And like, even when we talk about it here amongst ourselves, it feels better. It's just like, I got a little bit of support. Um, Even if it wasn't anything like tangible. It was just like, oh, how's your channel doing today? Or, you know, like little things like that. Yeah. That makes a huge difference compared to like, you feel like you're just being lectured, you know, like the difference between maybe a one-on-one tutor and like a college professor teaching a course of with 500 students in it. Like, it's just a very different feeling. So I think you're right. I think that there's a lot of extra value there. The other thing that I thought about while you were, while you were talking was that, you know, in part, the bringing value, doing the extra case studies, doing the work with the small creators, that sort of thing. Um, that's what got this channel successful in the first place. Mm-hmm. It was doing the research. It was, you know, gathering data. It was testing things, you know, before there was even ever connection on this channel. That is what got this channel to be successful. And then it got to the point where I think the tide turned a little bit and the channel maybe maintained itself just because there was some amount of connection built with the host. Um, but I think that that was a probably a disservice to the channel because the, the thing that got new people to join in the beginning was all the research and the case studies and the data. Yeah. Um, and as we strayed a little bit away from that, I, I honestly think that that's part of the reason why we were seeing a struggle on the channel um, because we weren't, we weren't, I guess, staying true to the things that grew it in the first place. Right. So if you're watching or listening to this and you are thinking about making a pivot, I want to give you some pointers. Yes. There is a free video. I will link it in the show notes. It's a YouTube live between Daryl Eves and Kimberlea. Now, Kimberlea spoke at VidSummit. So if you went to VidSummit or if you want to purchase the replays, definitely go watch that talk if you're doing a pivot. Very helpful. However, this live on YouTube covers a lot of the same stuff. Not all of it. It's a little bit less... Um, a little bit less how-to step-by-step, but yeah. still like if you're paying attention, I think you'll get most of what um, you would get from the VidSummit talk. So definitely check that out. Some of the things are, I think Daryl talks about priming your channel um, for a pivot and there's a lot of elements of this. One thing to do is just change banners and your logo, your description, the bow on the channel, everything Everything you can right. for the marketing of the channel, change it and make it very clear what the new channel is about. And I can almost guarantee you're going to see a drop in subscribers initially. Like We did. Yeah. We are, I guess. Yeah. We are. Yeah, it's true. Like when people see that things are changing, there will be people who will say, you know what? The change isn't for me. You know, a lot of times we might take it more personally than that. Mm-hmm. But I think for most people it's probably not more personal than that. Right. Yeah. I would watch beauty stuff, but I don't want to watch true crime. Right. Depresses me. And it's not about the creator. I might love the creator and not have anything against the creator or have anything against the creator doing true crime, but I don't want to watch it. Right. And that's going to happen if you make a pivot too initially. And the trick, I think the overarching trick here is just to stick with it. Figure out what you are and what you're becoming and make those changes as clear as possible to the algorithm and to your audience and stick with it for long enough. Three months seems to be like the common like bare minimum. Bare minimum. Like. Yeah. 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 
like you might start seeing an uptick in subscribers versus a downturn in subscribers every week around the three month mm -hmm. mark, maybe depending on how big your channel is and, and how long it takes the algorithm to figure this out. Other suggestions are to look at what other channels in your niche are doing in the new niche, of course, are doing and be similar to them. Maybe even I would, you know, this is my own words here, but maybe even more than you would want to eventually do. So mm. for example, let's say you want to, you want to do true crime and you were doing something totally different. Well, maybe you kind of want to have a unique spin on true crime or try a different format that no one else is really doing. You could do that, but I would not start there. Make it as easy as possible on the algorithm at the beginning and then maybe slowly be a little more unique. But if you can just kind of be a cookie cutter version mm -hmm. of these other channels at first, just to, just so the, the algorithm can figure out your audience, you can be a little bit more unique later. I don't know. You don't want to go so far that you have to do another pivot. There. Right. <laughs> but, right. but just don't worry too much about being unique at this stage. Just try to to emulate the other channels that are like you so that the algorithm says, oh, you know, your people like true crime and we know where to find true crime people. Right, the algorithms right. are really smart. I think that's a good point that I just wanted to kind of, you know, go down just a little bit more. Yeah, on yeah. That. I think the reason why I think that that works really well, and you just touched on it there at the end. If you watch our new algorithm video on channel makers, we talk about this where essentially, you know, the algorithm is testing your video with different, we'll call them clumps of people. Clumps is not one of those words where you know it's kind of like, oh, clumps okay clumps of people that are audiences right and so if you go and you do something incredibly unique it could be that a lot of people really like it the problem is the algorithm most likely if it's too unique they don't have anything to match it against and that's exactly what you said there which i think is really important so it's not that you have to just go and copy somebody you can still be yourself but present or you know make your videos feel similar to what those other creators are doing because we see it even with very small channels where the small channel will make a video and all of a sudden that video is being recommended after a large creator's video. So it's like up on the watch next. The reason YouTube does that is they're testing that small creator's video with the audience of the large creator's video. Um, I talked to a small creator in Project 24. Microphone's falling off. Talked to a small <laughs> creator in Project 24 who... Uh, is in the woodworking niche. Yeah. And uh, he made a video and it was doing okay, but all of a sudden there was a big uptick. And he was like, why is this video doing well? And as he dug into the analytics, he realized that his woodworking video was being recommended um, either on the sidebar or at the end of uh, Steve Ramsey's videos, which is probably one of the largest woodworking channels on YouTube. Nice. So, and he, it wasn't intentional in this case, but as you looked at the video topic and the style, it actually matched pretty closely to what this larger YouTuber did. And that's just a perfect example of a much smaller percentage of Steve Ramsey's audience went and watched his video. But since his video was close enough, YouTube tested it with the larger audience and said, oh, there's a connection here. And it only worked because his video was similar. If it was too different, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. And then you get something like that happens. So his his specific woodworking video is shown on this specific woodworkings end screen. Yep. Probably. But if people click that and they especially stick around for a few minutes on his video, then all of a sudden the algorithm is not going to need to have people clicking your video on the end screen of somebody else's. They're already going to figure it out. Right. The algorithm's going to realize, okay, it's woodworking and it's similar to this other Steve guy. Mm -hmm. And we're going to, you know, show it to other people that watch that channel. And then even if 
people maybe haven't watched Steve's channel in a few days and they're not currently watching his channel, they might just have it pop up on the home screen for those people yep. because it's going to, it's going to figure it out. It's trying constantly to figure out what people like and what they're currently interested right. in. I feel like a good example might be a sitcom. Like for every sitcom, you're going to have different characters and slightly different settings. One might be in New York and mm-hmm. one's in San Francisco, whatever, and slightly different locations, but the structure is very similar. The format's very similar. So if you kind of figure out the typical, most successful format of your niche, as, assuming you ultimately are okay with doing something pretty similar to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just emulate that for a while. But of course, like you said, Nathan, good point. Still yeah. be yourself yeah. and don't have to like yeah. copy anybody. And I think a lot of times initially the audience comes for the either information or the style of entertainment. Yeah. And then they oftentimes end up sticking around because of you and yeah. your, you know, your uniqueness. And so I think really this uh, advice works really well because you gain a foundation of people who come for the baseline. You know, maybe they come for the true crime or they come for the woodworking, but then they stay because they like the way you tell the stories or they like the way you do the projects. And then you get the best of both worlds. You get the foundation, but then you also get more returning viewers as you start to be a little bit more unique. Yeah. Other things having a dummy channel Mm. to just, they mentioned this on the live too. I think just, just to figure out what kind of things your audience is watching. So just make a YouTube channel that you're not going to watch anything else on separate from your, your channel that you're actually working on and just use that for research and, you know, watch videos that you think your audience would actually be interested in and see what else is suggested. Start trying to find trends, popular channels. And then yeah, just you probably don't need to start a new channel because especially if you have some subscribers that gives you some authority and unlisting your videos, although painful, you don't have to delete them. Right. You could always relist them later. And if you just give it some time, you might see some really good results and then you'll be able to get monetized quicker too. Cause yes. those beginning stages are really hard. Yep. And yes, you will have some dead subscribers. Some people won't subscribe. Some people will stay subscribed and not watch a lot, but Overall, it's a pretty safe move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you kind of talked about really quickly the um, creating a new channel to figure out what people like to watch and yeah. that sort of thing. That's actually like pretty ninja. That's kind of something that maybe people think about that, but that was one when I heard it, I was like, okay, this could actually be really important because as I watch YouTube as one of my potential viewers, I'm going to see how my channel starts popping up in their feed. I'm going to start to see how my competitors pop up in their feed. And like you said, looking for trends that they might be coming across. That is huge. It's probably one of the easiest things that you can do with the highest value. If you actually take the time to curate that channel to what you think your viewer would have, all of a sudden you have this masterpiece of exactly what they would hypothetically want to watch. It's like an unending video idea list for you to make, you know? And so even though you know you made us you kind of made it sound like oh it's this is kind of a cool thing like this is a really cool thing you you should be doing this um yeah this is something that daryl talks a lot about we actually have a a very similar version of this that we talk about in project 24 Uh, we don't talk about it publicly though it is actually um we have some more specific steps that we talk you through in our version yeah but just very simply creating this channel then curating it to be what your audience members might be watching 
is a big deal. It works. Um, lots of Project 24 members have mentioned to me that there's a lot of success that comes from that. So if you, wow. if, yeah. if you are doing a pivot, even if you're not, honestly, this is something that you should be doing because you can just see what your audience is getting. Um, it's just a look through their eyes at your channel. Yeah. And always be thinking, even when you're pivoting and like catering a little more to the audience uh, algorithm than usual, still be thinking about what the yeah. audience wants and what's going to make them click and what's yep. going to make them stay. Yeah. Awesome. I'm glad you em emphasized that. I did really brush over <laughs> that. I'm so used to it. <laughs> awesome. Um, so check out that that interview between Kimberlea and Daryl Eves. Yes. It's really good. And there's great timestamps on it if you want to skip around because it's kind of long. And check out Channel Makers and follow along on our journey because we're going to pick this channel back up and we're really excited about it. And we're also going to take this podcast more focused on YouTube in the mm -hmm. future. So um, there will be more on AI. Stick around for that. And yeah, follow us on our journey. Yeah, let us know if there's a YouTube creator you'd like us to interview. Mm -hmm, absolutely. <laughs> that sounds kind of exciting. Yeah, that'd be fun. Or or even work with. We'll see yeah, who we end up cool. working with. Yeah, great. Talk to you all next time.